When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And yeah, it can feel a little bit like, oh, we've got the, the you know, we've got the lesbian, and we've got the, uh, we've, we've got the the, the fanboy and you know, camp gay kind of thing, and we've got the, you know, all this sort of, it's, like, it's not, it's not a checkbox. It's like these are actual <laughs> real people's lives. Mm. All the characters are so warm. Like I, I'm, I'm like there watching like the first LGSM meeting. I, I want to be there. You are listening to episode 90 of the Flix Watcher podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher podcast. I'm joined by Jay. Hi. And Joe. Hello. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Pride. Come find us on Twitter at Flix Watcher pod. Visit the website flixwatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. So all films were available on Netflix at a time of recording, guys. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watch Podcast. In our recording studio today, we have Joe and Jay. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them about the podcast that you do together, please. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you suddenly so shy to like, who's going to explain what you guys do together? What do we do? Uh, we have a podcast called Dodgecast and um, we are uh, also screenwriters. And so uh, we discuss lots of different film and TV, looking at the sort of angles that affect screenwriters and different sort of problems and stuff that might face from writing those films. And how do you spell Dodgecast so people can find? It is J-O-J-C-A-S-T. And it's basically a support monitor of your, of your names. That's exactly right. There yeah, I don't know why we thought it would work, but <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of you said you screenwriters? What what do you write on screen for screen? Um... So it's like um, we've written some sitcom. So we've got a sitcom that we're hoping to move into production at the moment, and we've done some sketch comedy, and we also have some feature films, which we like to think are on the way, but they're probably a few years down the line. But, <laughs> but still on yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah still on yeah. the way. So no, it's oh, cool. exciting times. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're talking about Pride. Who was it that chose Pride? That's Joe. Um, can you tell us why you chose Pride and give us a two-minute synopsis? I will try and keep it to two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a buzzer uh, and the guillotine comes down in your head. Don't look up. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, the 
The synopsis is that um, it's a, a true story, well, based on a true story of um, of a London lesbian and gay support group in the 1980s uh, who rose, uh, raised a lot of money uh, for the striking miners in Wales uh, who are striking against the pit closures. And it's a, it, as I say, it's a true story, but it was a, until the film came out a pretty unknown story. Um, and it's kind of wrapped up in this kind of British comedy drama format which, yeah, um, and it kind of follows the, the two groups and the sort of political and society kind of implications of their their relationship working together. Cool. And why did you choose it? Well, I chose it um, without wanting to sound too much like a knob. <laughs> I'm interested to see what the sentence is going to be. <laughs> Straight in there. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you find this, but when you're uh, watching films to uh, record podcasts about or for our, for our terms sort of deconstructing them to like work out how the writing has worked and stuff, you kind of start watching them differently mm. and it's harder to get swept up in the emotion and, and the the real kind of why, the, the art form and why, why it was made in the first place. Um, so I find with Pride, I still have that real strong emotional reaction to it. I think mostly because of its subject matter. Um, so I really love watching it because I get completely swept away with the storyline. Cool. And you wanted to share that with everyone else. Myself and Helen were talking recently about sometimes when the, there's a new film that comes out on Netflix and we're kind of thinking, oh, is someone going to pick that or should we just watch it? Mm. And there's that kind of two, there's that kind of duplicity thing. Sometimes we watch the film because, you know, as soon as it comes on Netflix and just enjoy watching it. But then it's even like if someone asks for it that a month later, do we think... Maybe we should watch, watch it, it again. Yeah, with that analytical eye and with that kind of different gaze on it. Yeah, it's a completely different way of watching something. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's irritating. <laughs> yeah, when, when we rewatched uh, in order to kind of, to, 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 to do this, um, I kept on getting swept away again. I was like, no, I must like look at this. I must analyse it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that alludes to one of the points I made in the show notes, actually, uh, which we'll get to later. Um, Jay, what do you think of this, of Pride? Well, I think, I remember when we first watched it, which was the day after Pride a couple of years ago, as in, you know, the actual festival Pride, which happens around the and country you, and around the world. And you guys come, come from Brighton, which is one of the biggest Prides... Uh, yeah. Well, so most was, uh, well-known Prides, certainly. Probably in quite an emotional state, because, you know, you have quite a big day and you get wasted in whatever way you do, whether it's celebration or... And I remember the day, the day after we were watching this kind of in a hang, hungover state, and... Yeah, just totally, totally grabbed grabbed us or grabbed me. I remember being swept up with it, and also just asking that question of, "What is this real? Like, is this an actual thing? Did this really happen, or is it fiction?" Because so didn't know before going into the watching. Absolutely no idea. It kind of, I, I kind of felt like it had this Richard Curtis Full Monty vibe, <laughs> which you know, like the the humour and the comedy, and then yeah, I was like, oh, it is actually truth. It's it's a real story, and and that really had an impact on me of being swept up in this story, and then realizing more and more that actually this was a real thing that happened. And yeah, yeah. So I think it's quite amazing in that way. I did a bit of digging today to find out what was real and what's not. So yeah, might that allude w- to some of those. That would be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Helen, what were you, have you seen this before? I hadn't seen this before. Um, I was surprised that it was that old. I thought it was more recent, 2014, but I thought it only came out maybe in the last year or so. Um, so I, I was quite happy when you chose it because it had been on my Netflix list to watch for a while and finally got around to watching it. Um, 
I just think it's a really lovely film. Um, and the story is so fascinating. I didn't know anything about this. Um, it's a really interesting story that more people need to be aware of, really. Mm. Um, it's got a great cast. Um, a cast of, yeah. A yeah. Super, like if, you're, if you know British film, then you know a lot of the heavy hitters in this. Yeah, it's a really important story to be told and it's it's told in a in a really engaging way. Um, Joe, you chose, what do you think of this? How many times have you seen this then? Cause you've... I think this will be the third time okay. I've watched it. And um, yeah, I, I, I think as soon as it starts, I get this kind of real... Um, kind of activist like fire in my belly like oh my god i can't believe that some other stuff people had to put up with um kind of thing so i'm, I'm like i'm in from the beginning yeah. i'm just so engaged and and um yeah I, I i i think it's such a important story and it was one that was nearly lost it was something that hardly anybody knew about and um when we were researching we found out that the writer um just sort of found a tiny like throwaway kind of really uh article that barely mentioned it and uh, and it was only through kind of meeting the people who are actually the characters are based on uh that you could kind of really expand the story and find out what really happened otherwise it could have been lost with those people when he said richard curtis i, I really get that vibe actually um but he couldn't make a, i don't think he can make a film like this which is actually based on real life and with that kind of passion yeah. that you get from it because Richard Curtis films for me are generally quite throwaway. Yeah. I didn't mean it in a like disparaging way. I think... It's like no. kind of that British comedy type, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. With the, with, but it's got Bill Nye in exactly. it. So yeah. Exactly. You yeah. kind yeah. of expect that. And it's just, it's a tone. It's it's quite light-hearted and it, everyone's making jokes. All of these people speak like they're written by a great screenwriter. Mm. None of them speak like normal people on the streets. Everyone's quipping and witty and... That's the Richard Curtis thing, I think. Sure. Whereas actually the story, I think they, you know, they did tell well, and we'll get on to how well they told the real life story. But yeah, I think in terms of making a story out of this and making a interesting, engaging narrative, it does really work. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, this is the second time I've seen it, and I'm a, I am a big fan of it. I, I remember being, I think I watched it in the cinema. Did it come out at the same time as Pride in terms of... Um, I think it was definitely on the BBC one year... At exactly that time, like sure. during August, but I don't, I don't know if I came out cinema now. Oh, um, Brighton Pride is in August, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The rest of the world does it in June. Oh, other places do something. Manchester's in August as well. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure how it, yeah, tallies with the rest of the UK. Um, but yeah, when I saw it in the cinema, I was like, oh, wow, I was, I was overwhelmed. Mm. Um, I didn't, I, I'm not quick to tear, and I didn't tear up in this, but I was just at many points of the film like, <gasps> okay. <laughs> But yeah, for the few, there's like so like revelations which are fantastic. But there's also the thing of like you said at the start, how, how did people? Why did people have to put up with this bullshit? On from the minor side and from the LGBT community side, it's just horrible. Um, one thing at the start which kind of gets me in a way is uh, is like Margaret Thatcher at the start of it, and I've been like I'm not I'm not conservative, but I've always kind of enjoyed that Margaret Thatcher was like the main Prime Minister growing up because she was like a female Prime Minister. And for me, like the fact that uh, my best friend was Pakistani, they had a female um, Prime Minister, we had a female Prime Minister. It was just like, for me, that was like, well, that's isn't that a normal thing for people to have? But then to see her in, in this 
as the you can see why people have that kind of demon face of Margaret Thatcher and because uh, she's evil <laughs> or she was evil yeah but still I, I get that yeah. but it's still like she was hopefully championing people well but then Theresa May I'd, is, I'd say I'd like to think that maybe one day we'll get a female prime minister that's like, actually a role good. model and yeah. has a heart because um, I she's don't not. think either of them have got a heart <laughs> two out of two has not yeah. been no. that's hardly been, a role yeah. model for anyone to look in and that's my to. point is like you see and that you think female prime minister you're like oh fuck you sake. should be yeah, yeah. evil yeah and it's a shame in a way that they're kind of bearing the weight of a whole gender mm. who are sort of going, yeah, you can represent us. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it's horrible, us. horrible, heartless, cruel witch. Mm. Yes. How much you guys were aware of the minor strikes? At the time? How, old, how old are you guys? 35. 35. So, so, you, so you were just born. Knew, knew about them growing up. Like yeah. they were Red Adrian Mole, read a lot of these kind of things. Yeah, that true, actually. They focused on that kind of 80s politics. Yeah. Whereas I was probably too young to living it but mm. i knew about it it was kind of everywhere we knew that these things happened we knew margaret thatcher was this ogre by the time we were becoming rebellious young teenagers mm. and yeah so it's interesting i kind of think that drilling down into these specifics and stuff like that because it, it wasn't it didn't affect where we lived it you know in in the same way that these small towns in the north, in the Wales, in the in the Wales. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't affect where you know where we grew up in the same way. But it did affect the country. You you can still feel the ramifications, like the the impact it had of choosing to basically throw people away. Yeah, mm. and it ended unions basically. Yeah, it ma massively. This is the reason why we've got the gig economy now is because there are no unions. Exactly. No one is standing up for any workers' rights. Um, I think that's a, a message that the film is trying to kind of really bring through of like this used to have a lot of power behind it. And yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so the the real people in the story, there's quite, there's a few notable so people. I, I did a little bit of research. It's what did fairly, you find? fairly accurate, I yeah. think, isn't it? Well, I think it's accurate in terms of the names of the people and what, yeah. they, what they did, but I'm not sure if they, like you say, how they, how they spoke and if they had that comic lilt to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's... Sorry. I, I was just, I didn't do any more digging than okay. that. I, I, I quite enjoyed the film and I thought, well, if the story's kind of right, which it said on Wikipedia, then I think there's kind of all right, isn't it? <laughs> for, for, yeah, Don't spoil exactly. it and say they made all of this up because that's happened before when we oh, be. I don't know what you've based found. On things. I've, I read two different things. So there's the kind of writing side and then there's the representation side. Right. So... The, some of the people that lived through it said that it's about 70% right mm -hmm. and 30% artistic license. Sure. Which That's is pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Wikipedia yeah. is correct here that it's mostly right. Mm. But then obviously you've got not a single person in the cast is Welsh. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> very few of them are, I believe, any kind of LGBT, you know, that I don't think any of them are that I know of. They might be. As we know, Hollywood is quite uh, <laughs> slow, slow to yeah. take up on that. Um, but I think, as you say, like the people and, and stuff like that, there seems to be an accuracy, apart from a couple of storylines, which really, really got me, because there was one storyline I thought, that was beautiful. The the Welsh guy who played by and, Andrew Scott. Yeah, Gethin. Yeah. So Andrew Scott, he, he is actually gay. He's one oh, of the few he? people oh, that's... Uh, excellent. Yeah. There we go. It gets Fantastic. a point back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... Okay. Yeah, Moriarty. Yes, Moriarty from yeah. Charlotte Holmes. Yeah. 
he is really good mm. and he brings a lot of emotion and I found myself really invested in that storyline he, he has a good few kind of storylines he's I mean he's the, he's the owner of the shop where the the community LGSM mm-hmm. um, congregates um, but also he's estranged from his mother because he's because he, he's gay um, and he's not been back to Wales he's not been back to Wales yeah. even though he's helping all these guys in his shop like support the miners in Wales he doesn't go back until and but when he does do that's such a, it's such an awesome scene where he goes back and then they're like where are you from I'm from real no no we're not gonna have that yeah and there's, you can see him like welling up and saying I tried I came back, came back. <laughs> but then they all like hug him and I'm like that's one of the points I was like oh yeah <laughs> and then you get the, the bit where he goes to his mum yeah and they, they don't do the Richard Curtis thing of embracing on the doorstep yeah it's just left as hi mum well, or, they don't even tell you like whether or not they make up or not until much you know like you, you don't actually get to see what that conversation looks like yeah and he's also the lover of Jonathan I can't remember his co- played by Dominic West yeah, yeah. who's like the second fantastic hair <gasps> Oh, yes. He looks great in He's this film. He's wonderful in this film. Yeah. Like I've only really having known him. a lot of fun, I think, yes. and bringing that real kind of lively charm and just really, yeah. Yeah. you'd want to know him. You definitely you'd want would, him yeah. as one of your friends. So that Jonathan, the Jonathan guy, is one of the people I checked up on because his story, if it wasn't true, was like, why have you kind yeah. of focused around this? And he, yeah, generally he he does exist, and he is one of the few people. He was like one of the few first people to be. Uh, diagnosed with HIV mm-hmm. in the UK and still is alive today. Yeah. So that's I just love that this is a story that's almost throwaway. Like you said, it's a throwaway thing in the, in an article, but this has pulled out so many awesome people. Like yeah. Mark Ashton was a real person. Genuinely, yeah. Genuinely real person. And the uh, Lady Sean, who turns up as a, as a volunteer for the, for the minors. Yes. She's now, she's like a politician now. One of the first Welsh MPs that's a woman, I think, yeah. said at the end, it was... Yeah, but I, what I liked is it didn't feel like you were being set up as like, and this is a future MP kind yeah. of person. It was just, this is a really engaging character who's, who you, you feel a lot of warmth for. And then just to see that at the end of like, she became this, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But it, I didn't feel like I was being primed for it, which was really, I didn't feel like forced and, and like, you know, crowbarred in or anything. It just felt natural. Um, but yeah, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the place you were going to with the Gethin thing was that that's not, he's not. No. no, he's an amalgamation of two characters. So there were two people, one was Welsh and one, and actually the real life mother of Gethin was a gay rights activist. So that whole storyline's a little bit like, oh, I got really involved in that. But again, it's, you kind it's, of. It's, oh, but it's kind of, I'm pleased that she was a gay rights yeah. activist. That's great. <laughs> but it kind of changes your perspective on like the true to life aspect but, yeah but obviously you've got a story to tell you, you know you've got to have some license but, yeah. yeah i mean how much does it normally matter to you if there's a story that's based on a true story whether it's uh how accurate it is as long as i think for me and this is one of my biggest things and i'll come back to it when i'm rating it as well i think you touched on it on a couple of episodes the difference between a documentary and a biopic mm. so i think we were doing jim jim and andy yeah and i'm watching and i'm enjoying it but then by the end of it, I want to know, okay, I'd like to watch a documentary about this. because I mean want, the man, you're watching Man on the Moon? Yeah, yeah. I want to know what's true. Yeah. And I got to the end of this, and I remember the first time we went, oh my God. And then it's the brain starts clogging in and going, oh, I really enjoyed that. And I was entertained, but I need to know how much of that's true, what happened next. So I think a documentary would really serve this well. Sure. After it. But as an entertaining film, I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I think it's a really good introduction to the idea of what happened. Mm. And I, I like, I, I do love a biopic and I love, you know, his, sort of historical fiction type things. Which I don't mean like, you know, Tudors and Stuarts, but, you know, things based in real life. Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, there needs to be like a more than 50% kind of true to lifeness going on in order to portray things and, and make sure that everyone's kind of getting the right end of the stick. But yeah, for me, they're kind of like a gateway for me to then go and find out find more out information. More. Um, Helen, what were your thoughts on the, I think the uh, LGSM characters were more true to life. We had uh, Sean and the lady played by Imelda Staunton, Imelda Staunton being just 100% awesome. Um, loving this every single second of this film, you can tell. Um, but the, the minor side, you have Paddy Constant, one of your favourites. Yes. You grew Burton. Up with whoop, whoop. Um, Bill Nighy. Um, what do you think of those guys? Um, am, am I the go-to Welsh expert? Uh, I, no, I watched this with a Welshman, okay. and um, <laughs> I believe he approved of the accents. Okay, good. Um, they sounded good to me, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, it looked like Wales. <laughs> um, I think this is. You, know, you should write for Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It looks like Wales. Looks so, like Wales. It probably it is. Like but, Wales. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just the whole kind of the mind, you know. Gate, the miners meeting the LGSM guys for the first time and uh, Paddy Constant, I mean that first scene when pa Paddy Constant walks across the road to them and says so what does the uh, L stand for? And he doesn't know that he's been invited by the London London Gay and um, Lesbian Miners, I can't remember what the name, Lesbians are Gay support the miners um, and that would have been an opportunity for someone to go, oh not for me, I made a mistake and, and sod off but straight away that that guy's in in the mix with him in the pub and then he's then he's talking in the club with them and he straight into it straight yeah. into it night out yeah yeah um and that is you know paddy constein is one of, one of your favorite people and, and i was thinking about relaying that to also bill nighy I've, i really enjoyed bill nighy in this i think you could tell he was having a, a good time as well and he had a his coming out is very sweet yeah um and really kind of understated they just did it in that kind of mike lee just sat buttering the bread. I thought that was really, yeah, really sweet. I thought both those characters were, they just had so much warmth to them. And Nighy and, um, and Paddy Constantine. Yeah. yeah um, I think, oh, well, I'm trying to think of what I've seen with, with uh, Paddy Constantine, but from what I remember, um, he's always, he's a little bit more severe and maybe sometimes intense and scary. So it was nice <laughs> to see him sort of emanating so much warmth and loveliness. I'm trying to think like what else, because obviously there's um, Dead Man's Shoes. And, yeah, Journeyman um, was a recent one. Uh, and he, and he direct, uh, he's directed the, Tyr Tyrannosaur. Yeah, and he was in quite a lot of Shane Meadows' yeah. early stuff and uh, the Bourne. Born, which oh, one yeah, was he in? I can't remember. The most recent one. With, oh. No, not the most recent one. The last one with Matt Damon, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah was the last proper one. The Guardian Journalist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Born at the Guardian yeah. Journalist. <laughs> um, how much, one, one of the notes I sent you guys across was how much do you think he was on the nose in terms of the, particularly on the LGBT guys, because you had the kid who was at, who was not yet, he was still in the closet, hadn't mm. come out to Bromley. his parents. Bromley. Yeah, Bromley. You have the one who's got HIV, the one, the character's got HIV. Um, you got the, um, then Mark Ashton dies, the lesbian who's an activist, and you got the lesbians who like want to keep like women separately. But a lot of those things were actually true. So I, I, I found again, kind of from the kind of, I don't know, film critic point of view I found it quite hard to swallow on this kind of rewatch but then when you see that a lot of that actually was true I was like well that's actually 
yeah, okay, fine. I'm it's kind of normally there's a, some sort of reason why stereotypes generally exist because mm. they're based on something at some point. So they they do kind of feel a little bit like oh here's here's the kid who can't come out to his parents and he comes out to his parents and yeah. he has to leave home, kind of thing. But that is someone's story, and it's quite, and a, it's lot quite a lot of stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's quite nice that it does it shows kind of how broad LGBT is and. Um, and yeah, it can feel a little bit like, oh, we've got the, the you know, we've got the lesbian and we've got the, uh, we've, we've got the, the, the flamboyant, you know, camp gay kind of thing. And we've got the, you know, all this. It's, like, it's not, it's not a checkbox. It's like, these are actual <laughs> real people's lives. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess yeah, it depends how much you kind of know about it when you're watching it as to how, whether it feels on the nose or not. I, yeah, I, I think all the, um, all the characters are so warm. Like I, I'm, I'm like there watching like the first LGSM meeting. Like, I, I want to be there. Yeah. Like, that's such a, a wonderful supportive environment and and knowing that these all these people are coming together i just find it the most one of the most beautiful things and lgsm actually still exists today it's now uh, lesbians and gay support the migrants um so it's still a support group and uh yeah still very active and and in, in kind of broad in that way but i think that's really interesting because you say broad because it's the broad spectrum of lg you know uh, like lesbians and gays in the film I think from a cinematic point of view, it is really broad strokes, mm. like mm -hmm. down to the amazing disco number that wins over the whole Welsh town. <laughs> and if, if it was in another film, I think that would have really angered me. And there were moments like that. You know, you've got the woman on the committee who is the evil Voldemort, yeah. you know, she's in her twitching the windows going, oh, and... It feels a bit panto at times, and there are really broad strokes. Yeah, she's written quite two-dimensionally. But because it's historical and because you find out that Jonathan, I can't remember his surname, the guy who Dominic West plays, says, yeah, back then I really was the flamboyant one. You know, yeah. he did do those types of things. It does take the edge off a bit because it's not... Yeah, played for, played for the film. Yeah, yeah. and it, it does play for the widest possible audience. And I think that's what another thing Andrew Scott said come, when he was doing the press for this is we want this to hit as many people from children to eight, from people to 80, because that's the people it hit at the time. And so if they made a kind of really gritty one where there was more kind of anger and more violence and stuff, which there probably was, I'm sure there was far more attempts on the shops. I'm sure there were far more beatings and stuff during mm. this whole period. period yeah. But that wouldn't have worked because it wasn't kind of getting across this message that most people could sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch with the whole family. And so I, I kind of, there's two parts of me that go, it would be interesting to see a more historically accurate, but then I totally understand why they're going for this widest demographic. Um, yeah, I'd probably say, I don't think the Welsh would have been won over that quickly. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Welsh aren't, it's sort of valleys now, it's still it's like pretty dicey. It's not, yeah. To, <laughs> Sorry. Be open and gay. Yes. Yeah. Well, in the in the articles I read, I can't remember which one it was. The, uh, I think it was Jonathan's recounting of the of the enactment. But he said it, we were welcomed with open arms. It was obviously it's a bit like I've not met a lesbian before, but you guys were helping us out, so that's definitely worth something. Mm. I don't know how much of the committee side of things um, played into. It. I'd like to know more about that side of things, and that's where I guess the yeah. uh, documentary what I found didn't open up anything but i think from the lgbt side it seems like it was really like very true to life um 
and Imelda Staunton's character was was true as well. So yeah. I'm liking that. Yeah, hers and Sean was were real people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we anything else, guys? Before we go into the scores, um, there was just one thing that I wanted to add to what Jay said about um, the broad the broad audience thing, and that was I saw something that the writer uh, Stephen Beresford, I think he's saying, yeah, um, uh, yeah, he was saying that when he ever he's writing, I think he's worked mostly in theatre, but when he's uh, writing something, he tries to go for something that has got broad appeal, and then tries to find a message that he can. Um, you know, tap into, mm. but yeah, he, he he is writing for wide audiences and I think that comes across so well. So obviously he achieved it. Nice. nice. Yeah. I see the, in a similar way when um, Gethin goes to see his mum, uh, Gethin gets beaten up later on, but you don't actually see the, that mm. actually happening, which is also, it's a nice kind of trope. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if I could have handled it. Touching, <laughs> but touching what Helen just said, like there are, Valleys in Wales where it's still probably in 2018 difficult to be diverse in any way. Yeah. Um, that's different to them. But then other people will go there and have a totally different experience. I think by being the broadest strokes, like we said earlier, the christening at the end where he storms out of his house and tells his sister that she looks bad, you know, it can be read as a bit OTT for some people, but then some people will be like, no, mine was even more... Yeah you know, bigger and I smashed a window and, you know, like, so I think it is telling so many different types of stories and I think it, it pretty much nails it. Uh, and The Pit and the Pervert was a real event. Yeah. And happened just out, it's around the corner from here, the yeah. electric ball and the post was the same. Of it's course. A, yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah right in the electric ballroom. <laughs> Bronsky B. Can yeah. we just shout out to the best drag queen name I've ever seen? What was that? Martha Scargill. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That is a great one. Are you a fan of um, RuPaul's Drag Race? Huge fan. I've never seen an episode, but we had um, what Hurricane Bianca we we reviewed on uh, here. I haven't seen that. I imagine that's quite just watching without having seen any of the... Kind of, I don't know. I mean, we didn't really recommend the film. No, no okay, right. <laughs> it's not very yeah. good. Even people who had seen uh, Even RuPaul's Even the person you picked Race. it didn't really recommend it. Yeah. We, we haven't watched it probably for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> there, is a, there is a follow-up I saw on Netflix. I know. Yeah. Did he recommend it to you? Because you watched yeah. this. Oh. <laughs> must oh, yeah. yeah, your recommendations must be Yeah, it's got no odd. chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's got no <laughs> chance. Um, right, let's go to the scores. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to our scores. So they are all out of five. You can have a zero and you can have decimal places. And we will start with you, Joe, because you chose it with the recommendability. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so I have already recommended this to people. <laughs> so I feel like by default, it, it needs to be, be pretty high. <laughs> um, however, I don't know. I think. If there was a documentary of this story, maybe I'd recommend that more highly. So therefore, maybe I might just drop it down to like a 4.8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Solid score. Jay. 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of around the four, four point five, because I think it is a great film. I really enjoyed it. I think, as I said before, I think anyone can watch it pretty much from age of eight to age of eighty and get mm. something out of it. But just because I think it does need that added level for me of historical understanding, I would go yeah, four point five. Helen, um, I'm going to go for a five. I think if someone asks, should I watch Pride? Definitely you should watch Pride. And I think it really, really does offer itself to the widest audience. You know, this is something a 10-year-old could watch. This is something your grand could watch. This is something that everyone should watch. And it's such an amazing story. And I think it just needs to be heard by more people. I'd loved the older lady, I can't remember what her name is, even oh. though I think that was a bit, a bit on the nose as well with... The vegan Delia yeah, Smith. Yeah. The, well, no, yeah, the vegan... Oh, one thing I want to say about lesbians, are you a vegetarian? Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. Well, they <laughs> I don't know, according to yeah, pre, um, preconceptions. <laughs> um, I'm going for a four, four and a half again. Four and a half here, I think. Um, super lovely film. Um, I think... I was going to go higher, but I think the fair point, I would, leave, I would really, really want to see a documentary about both sides of this and but that shouldn't take away I know you, it does you, a bit though a point Helen's, five Helen's always won me round by Helen, talking you've got, your, you've got your scores I've got mine <laughs> you've got you put your five down I'm going to go I, for, mean, I, I would also like to see a documentary but a documentary doesn't exist at the moment and all we've got is this <laughs> totally it's right, a gap though. in the market guys <laughs> I'm still going to stay with my 4.5 I'm going to stick with my 4.5 um, repeat <laughs> viewing score Joe I've already watched it several times. So again, I think it might be quite high. Um, I mean, it's not going to be something that I I can sort of, uh, oh, you know, I watched it at the weekend, but I'll watch it again tonight kind of thing. Um, what stops you doing that considering you've uh, watched it a few times, three times? I think it's actually quite rare I would do that with any film. Sure. Um, I think because also, because I have such an emotional connection with it, I think it's, it would be a little bit draining <laughs> um, to do that. But however, I picked up on much more with the, with this last viewing, um, particularly like the the sort of break off with the other lesbian group, the like lesbians against pit protesting closures, yeah. yeah. And I suddenly realised like, oh, you know, that's that story's not really told much. It's like given about a minute, maybe mm. thirty seconds. Um, so, and it was interesting to pick up on that. But again, I was like, oh, I want to know more about that. Um, so I think it is worth repeat viewing, but I think maybe I won't be watching it again for another, like, say, six months to a year. So I'm going to go with a four. What, what were some of your more emotional beats in there that, um, um, that hit you? I find Jonathan's character very compelling, particularly because the fact that he's still alive like it's and and there's there's a lot of contributing things in there like the thing like he's he talks about like um medicinal cannabis and literally like last week week before medicinal cannabis became legal in the uk and stuff like that Lots oh, of is it? Like that. yeah i didn't mm. know that well i was i was mm. knew about canada yeah. Yeah. No, in the yeah. UK. In the UK, yeah. UK. Yeah. only for certain things. But okay. Yeah. He made um, you like disco as well. You know. Uh, yeah. You very, very like disco, and yeah, I've got really like strict rules on on, <laughs> on disc, what disco I like, but I really liked that track in the Working Men's Club. Yeah. God, I miss disco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I want to be at that party. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I did like the 
the one woman starts singing and everyone joins in on a song that I didn't even know. Quite. Yeah, that yeah. was really Rousing, powerful. Yeah. Was, mm. yeah. yeah. We accept you guys. We're going to start singing. Yeah. Well, that's a very worst <laughs> thing to do. That's what happens in Wales, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know. Just everyone starts singing. I used to go to real quite a lot as a kid. I never like got anyone singing. <laughs> So anyone I mean I'm there. basing it on stereotypes. Yeah, so, gosh. You know. <laughs> um Jay. I am gonna go for a four point five because I think I was gonna go lower, but then I actually thinking about it, it is such a kind of and you don't get these films very often now, but I feel like it's that kind of Sunday afternoon bank holiday. Like it's got this nice tuning tuning tune ability. Mm. Like I was going I was going much lower because I felt personally, I, I don't know how much I'd rewatch it, but then I thought if I had a family, I could, you could kind of sit and get embroiled in the characters again and it's, it's got this nice, you know, all the different arcs and yeah, I like it. It's, it's got something about the 90s 80s. family film, 80s family films, sorry, yeah, for um, me. Helen? Um, well, I've only seen it once. Um, I'm probably not in a rush to see it again soon, but I think I would probably watch it another time to get a little bit more mm. of the details um, back but it's, it's quite a long one it's nearly two hours so um, did you feel how how did that time pass for you um, I guess that's more yeah, engagement swift. score thing isn't yeah, it yeah I mean it, it didn't feel long but yeah. to sort of say I'm going to immediately watch it again that does factor in so I'm going to go for a three it gets a bit Return of the Kingy at the end <laughs> don't you not think <laughs> like well, a few different endings it just you're kind of like okay. Oh, we're now seeing the, the oh, and now we're here. We have to say goodbye to. All we do, characters. yeah. But it, uh, there was just a moment where I went, oh, yeah, we're off, uh, we're doing the Frodo thing, and like, just a little bit too many endings. But it didn't feel out. like that for me this first time. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Lord of the Rings films. Okay. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I, no I, I, I don't change the I just have score, to throw sorry. that in there any time I can do. Is that because of all the endings and no? Because it just it's just. <laughs> The, the, so long. The, the, drill and the original <laughs> yeah. three are really good, though. This is the worst thing because I, I prefer the Hobbits. Whoa! <laughs> so repeat viewing score for Pride. This is my second time. I'm, I'll I love that he tries to move on from that. As if it's just, <laughs> just like, going to drop that there. I'll, I'll, I'll happily drop I'll the happily. Hobbit bomb in the room. It's like people who prefer Ghostbusters two to oh, Ghostbusters one. Yeah, I heard that one. Um, it's the second time watching it and I hadn't felt a need to watch it again until, but I was super pleased when you did um, and I was super pleased to kind of become be overcome in the same way I was in the cinema uh, I, I thought it was like oh shit this, it does resonate <laughs> it still resonates um, and I guess there's a lot of things with politics nowadays where whether it's um, sexual inequality um, homosexual inequality racial inequality that all these kind of things for me are, the, are part of the same thing mm. um, so I think anytime there's injustice portrayed on cinema I'm like 100% for the people and I just think the story is told really well that said I'm not sure how much I'll see it again I think this is probably relating more to the engagement and small screen score so I think it's going to be quite low for this but I think the other score is going to be quite high so I'm going to 2.5 um, yeah I think it's quite a hard watch actually um, small screen score. Mm. Um, I don't watch many things on a very small screen unless I'm like on a plane and then it's just literally like switch off brain stuff. Yeah. So n nothing's going to be like super high for no. small screen score. Uh, obviously we do watch things on the telly but... Um, yeah, this is more home viewing score. Yeah. yeah home not viewing. Um, so it's not like... You know, handheld. Not cinema. Tablets, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've only ever watched it on a small screen and I've enjoyed it every time. So okay. let's go with a 3.5. Okay. Oh, was that too high pitched? Yeah. <laughs> 3.5. Jay? Yeah, I kind of, I've only ever seen it uh, on a small screen and really enjoyed it and engaged with it totally differently in both times. And I don't think that was entirely because I was watching it for this. I think I did get completely swept up with it the second time and I wasn't expecting to. I think if you told me a couple of years ago that I would be watching this again, I'd be like, no, no, I don't, don't think so. But I really did. So oh, yeah, I am going 4.5, which I think is my score. That's the, the only the thing horse. I can give. That's yeah. the only thing I can give. Solid score. There are the numbers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Helen? Um, I only saw it on Netflix um, and it does kind of have that sort of a little bit made for TV but not in a bad way feel to it mm. I think um, probably because it's kind of English British about it yeah British Mike Lee kind yeah, of film yeah that, that yeah. kind of feel um, and I mean it's on Netflix and if you haven't seen it you should definitely see it because it's there and mm. it is fine to watch on a small screen so I'm going to give it a five where would like train spotting rank for you guys is it a quick poll for a small screen score <laughs> Um, I've never seen it in cinema. No, I haven't I've seen it in the cinema, but I would like to. Maybe yeah. about, maybe a three. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I think it would have been... You think it's very cinematic? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I saw the second one at the cinema. I've never seen the first one. Yeah. And the second one, even though I don't think it was a patch on the first film, it... It's just so it just in looked, your face, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Imagine mm. if you went to that, saw it at the cinema on the big screen, you'd be like, what yeah. the fuck have mm, I just watched? That, yeah. that toilet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All the scene and stuff. Yeah, I feel like, too much. That would be, and that the, sound, the sound as well. Yeah, the sound is... Mm. Whereas this is a bit more kitchen sink. Yeah, yeah. I mean... You get one shot of the Welsh yeah. countryside, but mostly it's... It's, m- it's more it's more about what happens yeah. rather than like, oh, you know, we had to wait six weeks to so, get yeah. this landscape writer and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I think a lot of the... Do you think when it's when it's snowing and you sort of van going through, was that a CGI van? <laughs> I didn't no. think, I just yeah. thought, I thought, I thought it does snow in Wales. <laughs> I know it snows in Wales, but then that makes it a pain in the ass to film that. So I just thought yeah. maybe they just put a CGI band through there. Maybe maybe that was just the week they were filming and it was snowing, snowing. and in real life there was no snow. Could be, yeah, artistic I don't, license. No one checked whether there was real snow during that time. I mean, that would have been amazing if they'd gone back and checked the meteorology. <laughs> like, we're going to be so accurate. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm not, to, I'm not talking about the accuracy, I'm just saying I noticed that, I thought when they just shot it, I thought that van doesn't look real there. And it just dug right. me out. Rewatchability. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's a five. I don't, apart from maybe the, the big singing number, which is quite nice in the cinema and, and uh, I kind of, it was one of those things where I thought, I'd quite like to know what the song is. Hmm. Um, but yeah, five. Nice. Engagement score. I was so engaged with this film that I didn't even notice that the van might look a little bit CGI. <laughs> that was that's just me snow. being a very picky CGI <laughs> nitpicker. I think I just went, oh, that's a nice snowy scene. <laughs> Don't get that these days. <laughs> um, Did you miss the beast from East when you in, in Brighton? Oh uh, no, we didn't. No, okay. we just you know being in a city and stuff. <laughs> um, I don't often drive out to Wales when it's nice. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I am fully engaged from the moment it starts. Like, I, I feel like five, I, I feel like if I say five, there might be something else that is more engaging further down the road in my life. So therefore, 
I think I'm going to give this a 4.8 just in case, because I don't think this is the most engaged I've ever been with a film, but I certainly was very engaged. Wow. <laughs> Jay? I'm going all guns in with a five. With because a five. I just think it's engaging not only the characters who, as we talked about, the actors really do bring it to life. Like they're such a kind of wonderful, warm cast. But then also it tells this story that's really heartwarming and enjoyable. But then it's also, as you pointed out, quite dark at times and upsetting and true and political. So I think, yeah, kind of engagement. Can't can't really beat that level of engagement. breadth. Yeah, engagement. Yeah. Helen? Um, I was really, really engaged from start to finish despite the two hours runtime. But I just could not resist the urge to go, oh, is this person real? Mm. Oh, I'm going to check up on them. And, oh, what's the actor's name who also played Woody in This Is England? And, <laughs> um, oh, that's the Vauxhall Tavern. Oh, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't give it a five because I, I was doing a little bit of, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> is this real? <laughs> the thing is, I know exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, still really high, 4.5. Yeah. I'm going for four this time i think the first time um i think just because it kind of thought i did get me thinking about how on the nose is it or not uh so it took me out a bit this time but i'm super pleased retrospectively that, that a lot of that is true a lot of this jonathan was real mm. and he was that person yeah um for example um yeah so i'm going for a four for this gives us an overall score of 4.32 Pretty high. Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty damn high. Yeah, anything over a four is really high. Yeah. How do you think it compares to other kind of films about the eight and like Britain and you know that that kind of? It's kind of it reminded me the most of Brastoff. Yeah, I was thinking we are the the most kind of similar in sort of tone, cast level, and slightly the story as well. Yeah, because that was all unions and and, yeah. uh, It reminded me a bit of Formanti because it was a similar thing of. Yeah, quite British kitchen sink, but with a bit of fun and a bit and of... And real heart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Excellent. A, a less kind of, um, what's the word? Less intense, this is England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because also Brastoff does have that really, really heartbreaking moment in it as well. Quite no spoilers for other films. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it, it kind of has that, that balance of sort of you know this is kind of like a kind of like a happy story but also you know these are real people's lives and mm. you know, this wasn't all kind of happiness and yeah supporting others that's cool. fault can you guys tell everyone listening where we can find you online uh you can find us at jodgecast uh, which is j-o-j-c-a-s-t and that's pretty much on everything that's instagram twitter on Podbean, it's Dodgecast Pod. Dodgecast Pod. Yeah. Um, There's always yeah. one. <laughs> There's always one platform that doesn't quite let you have your name. But yeah, we're on uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts. All of the places. Acast, Stitcher, that lot. But um, yeah, we're quite. We, we like to engage with people on social media. So <laughs> we, oh, we like. Give that. us a, give us a shout. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for coming on. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. As always, you can find us on iTunes. Do subscribe and leave us a nice review if you feel like it. 
You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and the website is FlixWatcher.tv. Thanks, as always, to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Brendan Russell for his awesome editing skills. <laughs>